You are listening to the postcast presented by the Locked On Senators podcast following a 4-1 win for the Sens on home ice over the Buffalo Sabres. Tim Stutzla has a goal and an assist. Jake Sanderson, a two-point night, and Anton Forsberg made 29 of 30 stops in the Ottawa Senators win a game at home for the first time since mid-October. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller, and we have the whole postcast crew here at Lalique Martian as well. And it's fitting that Martian has his cat in the background because, meow, Alex DeBrinkett gets another tuck. Pilsy, take me through your immediate reaction following this win. Feels good to win the must-win games. And we are now at a 3-2 and two record with the must-win games. And... This was, although for, it's kind of similar to the game that happened to start the season, a 4-1 win for the Buffalo Sabres. But if you watch that game, you're not like, oh, man, the Sabres blew out the Ottawa Senators. And now the Sens get their revenge. It's back on their home turf, a little home cooking, and they win 4-1. But this game was actually kind of close for a little bit too long. But ultimately, finally, the Senators are able to pull a win out and that is huge to get this W. I feel so good about it. And we're going to get into this probably after dark, but the Belleville Senators also get a win. So what a day for your Senators franchise. Yeah, Pilsy, it did feel like it was a close game, but I think the only reason for that was because the Sens spent half the game in the in the penalty box. I know, eight yeah. power plays they gave up tonight. And luckily the boys on the PK showed up because one for eight is a pretty good record there for those guys. But I think that's the only reason why I felt as close as it did. I don't think the Sabres get 30 shots on net either without, you know, those power plays. So I think that was a huge thing to look at there. Um, but yeah, no, the Sens, they pulled it off, baby. We got one. We got a win. Yes. They got a win while allowing eight power plays against. I thought this was going to be the Tampa game all over again. Pilsy, how did they kill it off? How good was that PK, especially in the first period? Yeah, it was great. And, um, you know, guys were really committed to blocking shots. And I really liked the Ottawa Center's PK has actually been decent all year, apart from letting terrible timing power play goals in. But the thing is, they were able to block shots and they didn't mess around with clearing the puck. Holden, I thought I had a bunch of notes where it's just Holden, no hesitation, no trying to get too uh, complicated with it. You got the puck in your stick, get it out of there. And I thought he did a great job of that. The whole penalty killing unit deserves massive stick taps because, yeah, eight penalties, including four high sticking. You toss a double minor in there too. Things can get out of hand real quickly if you don't have a good unit uh, out there killing penalties. So massive, massive job there. And to me, it all goes right to Jake Sanderson. Six minutes and 46 seconds on the penalty kill. He was out there for a lot of that stuff. And I mean, five block shots from the kid tonight. (laughs) He was an absolute workhorse for the boys. And that's exactly what, you know, we've seen that in in Nodak before, right, Ross? And and Brandon, when when they're... When they're giving Jake Sanderson extra ice time, he's getting more ice time. His legs get all warmed up. He gets nice and toasty out there, and he gets super comfortable, and he starts making really nice plays. And, I mean, that shows, too, with the two assists that he has. Well, both assists. And he could have had three if Broussard could bury it, right? Because yep. he had that bang-bang play at the, at the front of the net that came off. Uh, you know, Sanderson loves that that play where he throws it wide on purpose and lets it bank off the back and then come back to the front of the net. And that's how Kachuk ended up scoring tonight as well. But he set up uh, Broussard for that one chance as well there. And, and I mean, he could have had three assists easily using that play. I'd love to see that from him. He's so smart. This was one of – are you talking about Jake Sanderson still? Or are you mo- – yeah. No, yeah. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, because I was gonna say Matthew Joseph played a smart game too. You finished oh, all yeah. him. Like this might have been his best game of the season. Now we put the question already. You can vote right now live in YouTube where you can join us in the postcast after each and every Ottawa Senators game. We do, however, cut the first part of it, throw that up for your ride to work. So in case you miss any of it, it's always available in your audio podcast book, but the exclusive after dark only on YouTube. We'll be doing that in a little bit, but on tw- on Instagram and sorry, YouTube, I put out who gets the goggles, the new tradition from uh, Saturday in Philadelphia. The options are Jake Sanderson, Anton Forsberg, Matthew Joseph, or Tim Stutzla, who quietly a goal and an assist for him. We already have Ben in the chat putting the cat emoji. Debrinket certainly yeah. uh, made his impact known on tonight's game. Martian, after that note on Jake Sanderson, I have a feeling I know where you're going. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's an, that's an easy send central standout if that's what you're calling for right now, Ross. No, no. I'm wondering the player of the game. So I guess we're kind oh, of... Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I, it's the same thing. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be It's got to be Jake Sanderson. The goggles are going okay. straight to him for sure. Um, that was easily his best game as a Sen, and, and he had extra responsibility here too. Um, yeah, he, he carried a lot of the, the defensive play for the Sens tonight. He was just fantastic overall. The boys are definitely going to recognize that. Although I wouldn't be surprised to see them, you know, goalie-friendly show too, right, boys? You never know. Forsberg made a lot of key saves in that, in that middle frame that I think, uh, you know, if he would have let one of those in, it would have definitely changed the tide of the game for sure as well. So we'll see where they go, but I, I think you're right. It's going to be Jake Sanderson. And how about bouncing back from an injury as well? He went down in the crease. It yeah. almost eerily reminded me of how he was injured at North Dakota last year. Yeah, almost. Eh? He yeah. The crease and he gets cut. This time, he gets a stick in the face, then a knee in the head from Austin Watson, a little friendly fire, and he's back the next shift, ready to go. This kid, really, and you mentioned it uh, on Twitter, at Liam's Martian, like the more of this key plays, the quicker he is, the more deception he starts throwing in. He's turning off of hits. He's the anti-Branstrom where he never gets hit on the forecheck. He's always, at the very least, he takes the contact but repositions his body to protect the puck and he almost uses it as a piece of explosiveness where he gets hit on the back and it hits the Jets and he's gone the other way. Super impressive talent for Jake Sanderson and all of a sudden tied for the league lead in points by a rookie. Still looking for his first NHL goal, but that's now nine assists in Jake Sanderson. Wow, I didn't even realize that. That's so sneaky of him. NHL game. So good, man. How about being tied with Pinto in points and Pinto has eight goals and one assist? (laughs) Yeah. Zero and nine. Unreal. I also love the duo. They've got to have some internal competition there too, right, Pills? Yeah, I mean, when it's this close and both these guys are coming in hot, both of them, great choices for Calder Trophy winners if you got your bets in at betonline.ag early on before the season started. And don't look now, but Matty Veneers, I believe, is without a point in at least his last five games. I'm looking wow. here. Yeah, after having a five-game point streak, he has now gone dark in the last five games out in Seattle. So Jake Sanderson, as he's done in the draft, as he's done during his freshman year, he sneaks up, not out of the gate, but he'll get there and just cannot wait to see what the rest of the season and beyond looks like for Jake Sanderson. This was really, to me, his coming out party. He's already had a couple games where he's up in minutes without Thomas Shabbat on the left side, but he really hit his stride tonight. And great to see it against one of his dad's old squads as well. But Pilsy, it's been too long. We're now nine minutes in, and we haven't mentioned that we did get to see Craig Anderson after all. He came in in an awkward situation where Eric Comrie goes down. 
I would be so mad if I'm Comrie at Rasmus Dahlin. Yeah. Through Matthew Joseph going full speed right over top of him. Stick taps to Eric Comrie, stays in the game, but you can tell that he's laboring a bit. And two shifts later, the little bank pass, high IQ hockey play from Jake Sanderson. Doesn't have a lane to the net, knows Brady's right there, and the captain bangs it home. But next shift, then Comrie pulls himself, and in comes Craig Anderson, and he looked just as good as I thought he would. Yeah, he did look pretty good, but I mean, it's so unfair. You're We're talking about a goalie in his 40s who played last night and had been sitting on the bench for over an hour, and he's got to come into this game like, sheesh. How about the, the save on Broussard, though? Like, looking like vintage Craig Anderson, just like stand-up style, yep. boom, kicks it out and gets his skate to the post. Yeah. yeah, he's still pretty quick. <laughs> and I think Alex Tuck was the guy who had the quote before the game who said, yeah, like, I mean, we'd like to have him in there, but he and he still moves like a 25-year-old, but on a back-to-back with his age and stuff, it's just not worth trying to throw him in there for that. Not to mention, I mean, it was Hockey Fights Cancer Night, right, too, Ross? And, yes. and, and yeah, so, I mean, he had the emotion, uh, you know, in the middle of the game as well when they started giving the presentation and they gave him, you know, his respects as, as a guy who, you know, coming back, um, and then, I mean, I'm sure Nicole was in the stands as well there. And so he was getting emotional at that point before he even had to go in the game. So for him to have to shake that off in the middle of the game, say he was at, you know, on the ice at that point, I think it, it made a lot of sense for him to be on the bench for this one. So Craig Anderson stops 14 out of 15 shots in this game. The Sens also get an empty net goal from Tim Stutzla. It was Alex DeBrinkett that converted. And although Craig Anderson was in the net for that goal against, he wasn't really in it as uh, Debrinkit had a wide open cage after uh, a bang bang play, makes the save off a Hamannick point shot. But then Matthew Joseph heads up play, finds uh, a seam play, just bumps it over to Debrinkit, who makes no mistake. But get this, and it's the last time, hopefully, at least until we see Robin Leonard again, that I'll even mention the graphic of Sens abroad goalies dominating them. But Craig Anderson <laughs> makes 14 out of 15 saves. That's a 933 save yeah, percentage. Sure. And out of all 140 games that actually brings the save percentage down because it was at 936 before. So <laughs> the Sens solved their problems, in a way. but huge win. Now the Sabres have lost seven straight games and there were the Sens were not too long ago. So don't look now, but Ottawa's two, one and one in their last four games. However, we do have some Sten central standouts to go before we get to that. We do have to talk a little bit about the officiating how much of it was poor discipline, Martian, versus the refs just calling it pretty tight tonight? They were calling it tight, but I think a lot of it was just poor discipline, honestly. You, you need to have, like, I mean, there was eight high-sticking penalties in this game combined between the two teams. And I think Ottawa had five of them. Like, you got to have control of your stick. One of them turned out to be that that double minor. That Was it Brandstrom who took the double minor? He had a high-sticking penalty for sure. I think it might have uh, been Joseph. But I think I they both got high sticks. I can actually pull that. Yeah, up. I think Joseph took two. But anyways, yeah, like the, I mean, you gotta have control of your sticks no matter what. And I mean, that double minor was a high sticking penalty. Um, yeah, Branstrom had the one. Joseph had another. The the boys were just pretty crazy with their sticks tonight. You really gotta lock that down. I didn't I was, think uh, it was Jacob Larson who had the double minor. Right. Two minutes into the game. Right. Yeah. A terrible time to take a penalty when you're the Suns for sure. <laughs> but you are right, Matt. Joseph had a high stick. Eric Branstrom had a high stick. Tyler Mott had a high stick as well. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a parade. I don't know what they have going on in that box that makes the boys want to keep going back there, but they gotta they gotta get rid of it, whatever it is. <laughs> I mean, Ottawa got five power plays of their own in this game as well. They outshot Buffalo forty to thirty overall in the game, but Ottawa had seven shots on their power play, and although they had more, Buffalo only had six shots on theirs. Tage Thompson gets the goal for Buffalo tonight, and not to brag, but now two straight games to look yep. out player sport. So maybe the team should be looking out for locked on senators every game day. Um, yeah. All right, Pilsy, why don't you hit us with a quick break and then we will come back with our Sen central standouts of which there are many finally in a four, one Ottawa senators victory over the Buffalo Sabres. And hopefully you guys are smiling extra hard, not just because the Ottawa senators got a win, but you put your money where your mouth was. You listened to Locked On Centers. You knew it was a must-win game. You follow along with Liam's Martians picks. So you cashed in a couple shekels at betonline.ag. It's a trusted online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network for a good reason. They got all the best totals, scores, player performance, props, overs, unders, money line, puck line, whatever you want. They got it. You got to check it out. And hey, it's not just hockey. They got baseball, basketball, football, soccer, golf, UFC, whatever your sport of choice is. You can find it, of course, at betonline.ag. So go to the website today, guys, or check it out on your mobile device. Guys, it's betonline. The game starts. Yeah, T, making money from Bet Online. There you go. This game responsibly. I'm Ross Levitan with Brandon Pillar and at Aleem's Martian. The postcast presented by Locked On Senators is available after each and every Ottawa Senators game. Sponsor coming soon. However, yes. for now, they are simply the Send Central standouts. Who wants the low hanging fruit, gentlemen? Well, I think Martian already had his, but Martian, if you had a couple more points on Sandy, I'll pass it off to you. Oh, that'll, he's that'll muted. Be, yes, he doesn't want to talk about Jake Sanderson anymore, unless he wants to mime about him. Sorry, yeah, I think no, there I think I, I think I said my piece on say, Jake Sanderson. Actually, I was gonna I was gonna leave him maybe for somebody who hasn't you know uh, bragged about him quite yet. Um, <laughs> we'll just take gonna, him off the board. We'll take him off the board. You take him, him off the board. Yeah, we can do that. All right. All right. Well, I have a guy who I really want to talk about because I think before the game, there were there were a lot of people, you know, including myself, who said he probably didn't deserve to be playing with Alex Debrinkit tonight. Well, Pilsy, are we just going to let him have two in a row or are we going to make him sweat oh. it out? I don't know. Yeah, I was saying, I was thinking, Ross, like, man, we are being oh. very courteous here to Aleem's Martian. Okay. You know what, Pilsy, you go ahead, buddy. I, I can see you got one. You know what? I'll I'll just lead off your point because I think I know where you were going. You're talking about Matthew Joseph, right? Yeah. Yeah, because that was going to be well. I had another guy, but this segue works better. So uh, my central standout. It's a is, two. It's a twofer tonight for sure. Okay, it's a twofer. It's a twofer. So I'll start with Matthew Joseph, my locked on player of the game as well. And yeah, he really turned things up here. He got new a couple new line mates. Things really switched around for him. I love that Gambrell pass that breaks out Matthew Joseph. We already referenced that play where Comrie gets injured. 
That's a beautiful play by Matthew Joseph. Drives the lane hard, and he plays it perfectly because if he drives a little bit too hard, then there might be a goalie interference call, even though Darlene hits him into Comrie because it the refs take a look at what is the decision you're making for the path that you're going to take here. So if you cut too hard towards the net, you're put yourself running out of real estate, and they might make that call. So he does a great job staying wide, staying out of that crease, and I thought he was going to get an empty net opportunity. Him and Tyler Mott uh, kind of had chances there, and he flung it on net uh, later and missed. But I thought Matthew Joseph with an assist tonight as well, he really, really changed things up. And he was a guy that, uh, Ross, we talked about, only had one point, one, that goal in his last, I don't know, a long time, uh, pretty much all season. He started off the season with a couple points and then went dark there. So massive bounce-back game for my sense central standout, Matthew Joseph. Okay, this one might be off the board a little bit. Nah, I can't go. Going off the board with your first pick? I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it because goalie-friendly show. We just have to go. that was my other choice. Right off the bat, Anton Forsberg just looked so calm and steady. And there were a pair of saves that I want to highlight here. They were both back-to-back when it was a two-to-one game. How was Dylan Cousins that wide open in front of the net? You know the play I'm talking about near the end of the second period? I couldn't believe it. And then, to so he makes that save. Boom. Play goes the other way. Then, they turn it around again, and Paterka comes in all alone this time. And yeah. it's just another calm save. And at that point, when it's a one-goal game, to get not one, but two point-blank saves from your goalie at the end of the period where Ottawa's been struggling, that, to me, where I was like, okay, he's in the zone. No matter how. How good I expected Anderson to be, and he was for the most part. In the other net, I knew that Forsberg was going to match him save for save from that moment on. So Forsberg looked great this entire game, especially that two minutes in the second period. All in all, though, stops all 20 shots at even strength. Only gives up the one goal to Tage Thompson on the power play. Not much you can do there. Great sniper, 38 goal scorer from last year. Scores from his office. Whatever, you just shake it off, and that's what he did. Forsberg, unreal tonight. Yeah, he was unbelievable, Ross. Absolutely great. And I'm going to sound like a bit of a broken record here with my uh, Central standout because I feel like every time I get a chance to go here, I'm going to. And it's and it's, and it's the captain again. It's Brady nice. Kachuk. He, he's so good, guys, down low below the goal lines and his puck protection and the way he's able to create plays. I honestly think he – I mean, Matthew Kachuk even said it himself, but obviously he's got major bias. He's definitely in the top three power forwards in the league right now especially below the goal lines where he's able to make his plays. And not only that, I mean, jamming the puck is his specialty. He's he's the guy you want around and in around the crease. And tonight he gets the goal from that area. But six shots on goal, and I think it came off basically three different plays where he got two shots each time. Uh, he's pretty classic that way where he, he gets it in tight and he starts jamming away. Um, but he also, you know, he, he got credit for the two hits, and we know him. He's always banging bodies, so that's just the classic Brady Kachuk game. 15 minutes time on ice, and he was out there on the power play making stuff happen too. So um, I'm always going to go to Brady Kachuk when I get the chance because I really think that, like, I mean, this kid wants to win so freaking bad, and he's out there doing everything he can to help the team do that. So I'm going Brady Kachuk all day here again, boys. Love that pick. I'm up, Ross. Yeah, yeah, you're up. We'll go ring around the rosy. All right. Uh, ooh, do I take the obvious one or do I go off the board here? You know what? I, I'm going to go off the board. Since it, since we're doing two standouts, I'm going to give some of the, the lesser known heroes, the unsung heroes, a bit of shine here. 
Guys, I thought Nick Holden had a great game. Probably the best game he had all season. Like I mentioned, I really noticed him on the PK. He was clearing the puck out. And then, look, I'm not sure if I'm 100% convinced of this, but I'm going to choose to believe it. I think he set that play up for Timmy to score that empty net goal because he sauces that way too high. And for a guy that's not really a sniper or a puck-moving defenseman to take a chance like that seemed a little odd to me. And it bounces off the boards perfectly to Timmy because... They, I swear, when you see the second replay of the far shot and you see Holden looking, scanning the ice, he sees Timmy's going. So he's not just firing that, hoping to score or ice it. I think that was a set play and he banks it off the boards perfectly and he plays almost 20 minutes, guys, 19 yeah. minutes and 50 seconds. That's got to be a season high. Two shots, four hits, two blocks, and he gets the apple like I talked about. So a plus one on the day. So... Shout out to Nick Holden. Safety first, kids. Safety first. That's nice, Pilsy. Yeah, I mean, he's got to carry a bit of the mail right now, nowadays yeah. with, with the two big boys out. So, um, yeah, for sure. Good pick, Pils. Yeah, we got a couple honorable mentions as well, but I'm going to go Pilsy's direction of going with the unsung hero, and it's a guy who I was pretty hard on last night as well, or after last game, last postcast, and that's Austin Watson. Okay, nice. I was hoping I, I, you'd do that. I, I was thought you were going to go that. there, too. I yeah. knew you were. He scores the game-opening goal, which, if you remember, last season, he scored how many goals? Ten? Especially at the end yeah, of the season, oh, yeah. he scored a lot of opening goals, yeah. I believe seven of his ten goals. Don't quote me on it, but I believe seven of his ten goals opened the game. But that's not the stat that jumps out. It's a continuation of what happens when guys take too many penalties. You're shorthanded too much. He killed over five minutes shorthanded. He's played barely five minutes in some games this year. So to do it a man down, block a few shots, look good doing it, and not hurt his team momentum-wise at five-on-five, I loved Austin Watson's game tonight. Two blocks, three hits, two shots on goal, one found the back of the net. So I like that from Austin Watson. And a guy who I've been critical of in the last little while, I thought he was good, and Parker Kelly killed a lot of penalties as well. But as I throw the honorable mentions to you, Timmy still frustrates me at times, but then I look at the score sheet, and he's got two points. I know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what you get with a 20-year-old superstar, though, Ross. Like, you remember seeing Eric Carlson when he first broke into the league? He'd do the same thing. He'd have three terrible giveaways, and he'd put up two points. So, I mean... When, I mean, you're doing it at forward is a little different, obviously, but uh, Tim Stutzla is still 20. That's what you got to realize. And he doesn't turn 21 for another month and a half or two months, whatever <laughs> it is. So, I mean, it, he's still a very young player. And, and when he, uh, we were saying it right before we jumped on, when he turns 23, he's going to be disgustingly good. Um, because once he, he's a little more stable on his skates and he's got that, that you know, history around the league, the younger guys coming in and then watching him a little bit, he's going to get a lot more respect because Peyton Krebs, <laughs> remember Peyton Krebs tonight, you know, trying to give Timmy the business and Timmy was just not having yeah. his hand and they were like, dude, what are you like? You need tiny little guy, like swinging away, missing every shot. Um, but yeah, Timmy smoked him too. That was, a, I thought it was a clean hit also, but, um, I guess, I guess when you're digging for the puck, you're not fair game, uh. Which, I guess you're fair game to push, but if you cripple them, then then it's not. Yeah, a, yeah. Maybe he just time. engages a little bit and doesn't. You guys like push on the lower back and like try to get them off balance so that they have a better. But he's just like, no, no, I'm just gonna sit you down. Yeah, he smoked him. It was great. It was just like, and Krebs wasn't expecting that. But uh, Krebs I mean, was not six feet, by the way. He's listed at six feet on the NHL. No, he's like five. In his, yeah, and his skates, he's six feet. Yeah, that's probably more right. 
Yeah, uh, like when that play happened, when Timmy knocks him down, I'm like, effing rights, Timmy. Lays a big hit and then draws a penalty for the retaliation. Love to see that. And then they're bringing Timmy over the box. I was like, what? Yeah, there yeah. was yeah, there was no retaliation call where there definitely should have been. Like that that's yeah. roughing textbook after the whistle by Krebs. And that was pure like anger from being hit previously. The refs already called it, dude. Like just you're supposed to, you know, let and the refs let him get away with one there. Yeah. Interesting call. All right. I've got a stat that I want to end off on for me. And then if you fellas have any final thoughts or final honorable mention for a standout, I want you to go right into it. But the third period was as boring as I've seen all year, and it was perfect. The way Ottawa shut it down, and a big reason for that, they won 13 out of 20 draws in the third period. That's got to be higher than they've done in a long time, Bills. Ross, that's music to my ears. I literally, that was my stat that I was going to end off on, and I know you guys are going to laugh, but Dylan Gambrell, 5 for (laughs) 7, 71%. Go ahead. Yuck it up down there, Martian. But this guy, (laughs) when he's been playing... I've liked his game a lot, and he's even getting offensive chances these days. He scored a goal in his first game where he only played half a game after he got a game misconduct. So he's, he's mixing up the, the rough stuff as well. And then he feeds Joseph with a nice feather pass that's perfectly placed for partial breakaway. So I think Gambrell deserves to see more ice time. Now, before you guys get upset, no, I'm not talking about getting him as a second-line center. I like him as... You know, I got a third line center because Casty, I don't think, can play that or neither can Gambrell, but a bottom six center. Let's call it that because I've really liked this play all around here. And I think DJ Smith really trusts him. Final thoughts, Martian. Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to complain. That's for sure. When you get a win, and I'm going to be happy with that every single time. I thought they oh, did yeah. a great job, like you said, locking it down in the third period there. And um, I'm, I'm just a very happy Martian over here. It's it's fun to, you know, do a postcast after a win. It's been a long time, I feel like. It is now, fun. Let's try to do it again on Saturday. But we have a pair of episodes of Locked On Senators coming over the next couple of days. We're going to dive into some trends on tomorrow's show before the Ottawa Senators head west following their game Saturday afternoon at home against the New Jersey Devils. And then Friday, another hit of math before the weekend. Mark Mathot will join <laughs> us on the show. We're always fired up to have math as well. But for now, we say goodbye. The postcast after dark is coming in 30 seconds. So stick around where we'll answer your questions. We do it after every game. But if you're listening in your car, Locked On Senators coming out soon. So stay tuned for all that. The Sens win. 4-1, Claude Giroux's point streak is over at 9, but I'm sure he would trade it knowing that the team got two points. Your goal scorers are Austin Watson, Brady Kachuk, Alex Dabrinkit, and Tim Stutzla, and it's a happy vibe, and the Senators will be tweeting out any moment the Goggles video. So head over to Twitter at Central and at Laleem's Martian for all the latest. Until then, we say goodbye for the Locked On Senators postcast, your team every day.